John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord, of, Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciples went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and they saw the linen wrappings lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laid. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I have ascended to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. He is risen. You know, as um, someone who is new to being a senior pastor, I always thought that that was the, one of the coolest things that a pastor got to say to the church on Resurrection Sunday, and as I just said it and heard your response, um, yeah, I agree with that. It is one of the coolest things that a pastor could say, so let's do it one more time because we can. He is risen. He is risen. Wow, I love it. We are here today to celebrate the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. The great American philosopher, Mike Tyson, uh, once said that everyone has a plan until you get hit in the mouth. That's wisdom. <laughs> you know, all of us this morning, we have our beliefs. We have certain hopes. We have a, a way of living. But then, inevitably, suffering happens Loss happens, disappointment, they all happen in life, and it forces us to ask the question, you know, what is it that we're living for? 
What what would happen, you know, if I were to stand before God? And it just kind of has a way of hitting you. You see, we just read, Pastor Kevin just read the historic account of a woman named Mary. And we find her in that very place. For she, along with many others, had placed their hope in this man named Jesus. This man who claimed to be the son of God, the, the savior of the world, the solution to the problem, the solution to her problem. But Jesus was put to death. And he was put in a grave, and along with that, her hopes went with him. And yet, in one moment, everything changed. Not just for her, but for the entire world. You see, Easter, the Bible tells us, is both a historical event, but also a life-changing experience. You see, first of all, this account tells us that this was a historical event. And you say, well, if it really happened, then there should be, you know, eyewitnesses to to, to kind of solidify and to, to, for the argument. Well, good question. I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible tells us, all the ancient accounts tell us, that there were over 500 witnesses. 500 men and women who saw the resurrected Jesus. Now, that's incredible. Now, imagine for a moment, if they were all here this morning. Imagine if we had them, each one of them, one by one, come to this stage, all 500, and just share, each of them, 15 minutes. 15 minutes about their experience of seeing the resurrected Lord. Do you know that we would be here all night? And all day tomorrow and all day Tuesday, we would be here all the way until Friday morning listening nonstop to their testimony. It would take 128 hours just to listen to their story. Now, I'm no judge, but I'm pretty sure that that argument would hold up in any court. Because you know why? The tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. And Mary is the first person to ever experience the resurrected Jesus. But the good news this morning is that she's not the last. Because secondly, the the resurrection is not just a historical event, but it's also a life-changing experience. Though you and I were not at the tomb that day, the Bible tells us that we can not only just know the truth of the resurrection, but we can know the resurrected one. In fact, John, who wrote that gospel that Pastor Kevin read from, said this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That you and I could have life, everlasting life, eternal life, life abundant. And in one moment, this woman turns from the deepest sadness She turns from agony, from anxiety in the presence of death and despair to the deepest, most unimaginable joy that she could ever imagine. And today is about that moment. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. Amen? I have three quick points this morning, and you're going to get kind of understand where I'm going with this. But the first point is this. It's very simple. The resurrection changes our past. You see, Mary was a woman with a past. 
Who was she? She was a woman who traveled with many others along with Jesus. She was around for a lot of Jesus' teachings and miracles and all of those things. But we know historically that she came from a very broken background. Like many of us, you know, we have broken relationships and all of that. This lady was spiritually tormented. At one point in her life, she had seven demons inflicting her. Her life was a wreck. Her life was a mess. I wonder this morning if you can relate to Mary. Can you relate to Mary? Maybe you're here this morning and you know what it's like to have your life be a mess. Maybe you're like, yeah, that's my current reality right now. You know, you know what it's like not to have all of the answers for you in life. Maybe you know what it's like to be weighed down by your past. Because here's is the truth. That regardless of who you are this morning, regardless of your background, your upbringing, what state that you're from, all of those things, all of us have a past. The thoughts that we've had, the deeds that we've done, the words that we've spoken, it all weighs on us. And yet, this woman, Mary, is completely and totally changed. She's free from her past sin, guilt, and shame. It's an incredible thing. And we're told time and time again in the Bible that every single one of us this morning, we too can be free. How? It's the very reason that Jesus died in the first place. You know, just three days prior to this encounter, Jesus died this awful death on a Roman cross. Why? He said it was for our sin. That word sin, I don't know what you think about when you hear the word sin. Maybe you're like, oh no, pastor's talking about sin again. Like, you know, I don't know. But the Bible tells us that sin is not only the wrong things that we do, that is sin, the wrong actions, but even the wrong attitudes and motives behind what we do. Sin is making something other than God our center and our source of life and happiness. And the reality is this morning that all of us have sinned. And we're told that we all must give an account for our sin because God is a holy and righteous and perfect judge. We all must give an account. I imagine it like this. Every single day in our lives... Right, we, we go to the store and we buy things all the time and we pull out this little magical thing in our wallet called a credit card, right? You guys, I'm sure have credit cards. Like, no, I'm a debit card person. Okay, same thing, right? We go to the store and say, like, I love shoes. Like, I'm a shoe guy. I know I'm, a, I'm not normal. Guys are like, ah, oh, brother, shoes. Like, girls are like, yeah, I, I have my attention. Like, you go, you go to the mall, right? You go to Target or whatever. You're like, you find this pair of shoes. And you're like, oh, I need this pair of shoes but I have no cash. So what do you do? What do you do? You pull out that little card, right? You, you insert it or you tap it on the little machine and you walk out of that store with your shoes without paying any cash. I mean, if you think about it, that's pretty incredible. But, breaking news this morning, those shoes aren't free. <laughs> You're like, no, like those shoes aren't free. One day you are legally bound to pay for those shoes. They will be paid for one day. You're going to get this thing in the mail once a month. It's called a bill, right? It's called a statement. A cre the credit card company is going to send you that statement requiring something called a 
payments, right? That's actually what happened when you signed up for the card. You were like, it's magic. No, it's not magic. Like, it, it, it's a legal transaction. There's more to it. The bill will one day come and payment will be required. And in a similar way, our sins, they must be judged. And God is the perfect and right judge and every wrong that we've ever done, every sin that we have ever committed requires payment. There is a day coming when that statement will come in the mail. But there's good news because today we celebrate the good news that on Good Friday, just a couple days ago, we celebrated that the credit card statement of sin came in the mail, but Jesus wrote the check for you and for I, for me. He said he paid the price for all of our sins so that we can be free by taking the penalty upon himself. That's the amazing news this morning. That's what we celebrate. That's why Romans tells us in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So Mary, she knew that Jesus came on a rescue mission to save people from sin. But think about it for a moment. After he died on that Friday, her hopes were dashed. If he remained dead, how can she or how can we this morning know that our sins can ever be forgiven? If Jesus did not rise from the dead, church, none of this matters, right? The, the empty cross is not good news without the empty tomb. And early that first Easter morning, everybody thought that the check had bounced. But Jesus was standing right there. Jesus is alive and that check was cashed and his perfect life and sacrifice had paid the price once and for all, for all of our sins, amen? It's at the cross that we see just how bad our sin is that Jesus had to die. But we also see how great his love is that he was willing to die. The resurrection changes our past our sins can be forgiven, but it goes even farther than that. The writer John is not only telling us that Jesus was resurrected that morning, but that this woman, Mary, also experiences resurrection. So secondly, not only does the resurrection change our past, the resurrection changes our present. I love that when Mary encounters the risen Jesus, she mistakes him for a gardener. Did you catch that when Kevin was reading? No doubt it was probably very dark that morning. The sun wasn't fully out. And she's like, hey, if you're the gardener and you've taken away the body of Jesus, like just let me know and I'll, and I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. Like she's so hopeless right now that Jesus being alive was like the furthest thing from her mind. The furthest thought. And even though Mary didn't see Jesus that morning, Jesus saw her and he called her by name and he said, Mary. The shortest sermon ever preached in the Bible. He just says her name and she instantly knows, oh, it's the risen Lord. And in that very moment, she is lifted. She goes from weeping and bawling in agony and now she's lifted, she's overjoyed and Jesus says to her, Mary, I'm ascending to my father. But then he says this, and your father. 
I love this because what Jesus is saying that it's a statement of acceptance, but it's also a statement of adoption. You see, Jesus was God's son by right. You and I are made God's children by grace. Jesus looked at our lives, saw that we were dead in our transgressions and sins, and yet he came to take our place, and he doesn't just stop there. Though that is so good news. Like Jesus like, was that substitute that we talked about on Friday, if you were here. Like he took our place in death. But it doesn't just stop there. The good news gets even better. He adopts us, adopts us into his family. Think about that. The almighty God who created the world, The world, the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon and the stars and every tree that you've seen. He created it all. He not only forgives us, he not only washes our past clean and that is amazing, but he invites us to have a relationship with him. He invites us to have an intimate relationship with him and we can be brought to God. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. You see, Easter is not about lifting yourself up. It's not as though Mary that morning was like on her Instagram just scrolling and she's like, oh, like happiness is a choice. Like that's all, I'm just gonna keep moving forward in life. No, that's not what happened. She saw the risen Jesus and she knew that there was nothing that she could ever do to raise herself up, to be where she needs to be. But here we see the risen Jesus. He he lifts her up and he says her name, Mary. This is incredible. Incredible. You know, we all long to be desired and known and loved, don't we? Like if we're honest this morning. And we spend so much time and energy trying to get others to love us, trying to get them to appreciate us, to value us, whether we're searching that through, for that through our jobs. Maybe you're searching for that validation and that acceptance through relationships, through your efforts, through your achievements. And we're looking just to be fully known, right? We want to be fully known, unhindered, and yet fully loved. And yet every single day of our lives, we're out there and we're searching for this love in all of the wrong places and we're coming up empty. And all the while, church, God is standing right in front of us, standing right in front of you, and he knows everything about you. Everything that you've thought about, and that's scary. Every deed that you've committed, and for some of you, that's scary knows everything about you, and yet he loves you fully and deeply. And not only that, but he actually likes you. Like he wants to invite you into his family. And the good news this morning is not only is our past cleansed and washed through faith in Jesus, but you are lifted, we are accepted by God himself. He knows you. He knows your name, and this new identity that you have leads to a new mission. So for the, the resurrection not only changes our past, not only changes our present, guess where I'm going with this one, the resurrection changes our future. You see, all of us want a purpose in life. I don't know, maybe you're like, no, I'm, I'm purposed out. I don't know. But like, you know, all of us, we want to be part of something that is greater than ourselves, Right? 
I know I see that in my generation. I see that in Gen Z right now. Like they all want to be a part of something that's bigger, a movement that is bigger than ourselves. Can I just say this morning that there is no greater movement than the one that began at this conversation? In this moment, when Mary hears her voice spoken by the risen Jesus, Jesus then says to her, if you remember, he says, go. Go, like I have a mission for you. I want you, Mary, I want you to go and to tell my brothers that I have risen. Jesus is saying, because I have defeated death, I'm gonna give you a mission that not even the grave can destroy. So go and tell, like let this truth Change how you look forward to the future. Let this truth change how you face tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month. You see, because if Jesus, if if our life is tied to Jesus through faith, then we no longer need to fear death. For we are not only spiritually raised, but we will one day be physically resurrected as well. So Jesus gives you a future that removes the fear of death. And with that hope comes an incredible purpose. It's, you know, it's amazing what you can do in life when you have hope. I've gone through seasons where I've been hopeless, and I've gone through seasons that I've been super hopeful, and there's no greater hope than knowing that Jesus conquered the grave. Someone once said that hope is not like a lottery ticket where you sit on the couch and you hold it feeling lucky. Hope is like an axe that you break down doors with. You see, hope calls for action. And the message of the resurrection is this, that God himself entered our world and he has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. He came to rescue and redeem and restore the brokenness and evil and sinfulness of all of humanity. Listen, this morning, this is not just a nice idea. This is not just philosophy. This is not a good piece of advice. This is not like a Dr. Phil, like an inspirational talk. This is an announcement about what God has done for us. And it doesn't leave us on the couch with a lottery ticket just feeling lucky. Like, ooh, maybe one day. No, it gives us hope that sends us into this world of need. It gives us a message of hope that we can go into this world and break down doors for people who are trapped in sin and bondage and shame. Listen, amen. When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive a mission. And this mission is one of hope. It's a hope-filled mission. And so now we have this resurrection responsibility to go and to tell. And so when Jesus is saying that to Mary, he's essentially saying this. Mary, you can't keep this to yourself. You can't keep this. This isn't just about me and Jesus anymore. No, no, this is about me and Jesus and the whole world. And he says, go and tell. But you can't be self-righteous about this. It's a very important lesson. You can't be self-righteous about about going and telling because it's not based, church, about what you have done. It's not based upon what you've done, but solely based upon what Jesus has done for you. This transformation gives you news to tell. And Jesus says to Mary, hey, Mary, go and tell my brothers. And I love this. Because just stop there and just think about this for a moment. Just a couple days later, These brothers, his 12 closest friends, had all left him. They've all abandoned him in his greatest time of need. And yet, here's Mary. 
Jesus says to her, go and tell my brothers. Now, if I'm, if I'm Jesus, and you're, you should be grateful that I'm not, like, but if I'm Jesus, I'm like, hey, Mary, you go tell my brothers. There better be weeping. <laughs> there better be tears. <laughs> and maybe, maybe after a couple of weeks, maybe I will receive them back. <laughs> you grateful I'm not Jesus this morning? <laughs> I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that Jesus is who he is. And he says, go and tell my brothers. And in his essence, what he's doing is he's saying that he's treating the, the relationship as though it was never interrupted. That there was never a break here. Why? Why does he do this? You're like, wow, that's amazing. Because he accepts us, he calls us, and he invites us to be with him by grace. It has nothing to do with our faithfulness to him. It has everything to do with his faithfulness to us. The Apostle Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The amazing truth and hope that we have is, because not, is not because we're good moral people this morning. This amazing truth and hope is not because we're super smart and successful, but we have been loved and lifted by a risen Jesus. This is a message of grace. A message of grace. Let me ask you this morning, do you realize that there is nothing that you can do on your own to rescue yourself from this debt? There's nothing you can do to rescue yourselves from this debt. We are fallen people. We're trapped in sin. You see, Easter is not about what you can do. Easter is all about what God has already done for you. And the call this morning is not to lift yourself up as though you had no sin. Nor is it to beat yourself up as though you need to pay for your sin. The call of Easter is to give yourself up to the one who paid for your sin. That is what Easter is all about. The resurrection is not about how great you are. It's about how loved you are. This is the message of the cross and the empty tomb. You see, in conquering sin and death, Jesus removes your shame Jesus removes your guilt. Jesus removes your meaninglessness, your emptiness, your brokenness. And in their place, he gives you a new heart, a new identity, a new strength, a new mind, a new foundation, a new mission, a new motivation, a new affection, a new purpose, a new power, a new joy, a new love, a new peace, a new forever. Are you grateful for that? These are the gifts that are given to you and I by the resurrected Jesus. And that's why the Bible can say, without shame, without hesitancy, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. A new life has begun. You're like, oh, that sounds so good. So good. You know, this morning as Pastor Josh comes back up and we're going to close. For those of you who have already put your faith in Jesus, this Easter Sunday is a call for you to renew your relationship with Jesus Christ. To remind 
to be reminded that you are accepted by Jesus, you are accepted into his family, that you live your life not to earn God's favor, but to simply enjoy God's favor. That you are raised with Christ, that you have been given the power of the Holy Spirit and you can take risks because you know you're gonna live forever. And that's good news. And so if it's a call for you to remember what Jesus has given you, to know that you have a mission. Maybe you've been keeping this Jesus thing to yourself. You have been given a mission. Christ has a, has a mission for you, and it's a mission, and it's a message to declare to the world. And for those of you maybe here this morning, you've drifted away. Maybe it's been a while, a few years since you've prayed or maybe even read your Bible or even thought about Jesus. And you're like, yeah, I was dragged here to church. I haven't been to church in like seven years. Today, Christ calls you back. Christ calls you back. And I know that you may be thinking like, I've done too much or it's been too long. Listen, if anyone could have said those words, it would have been the disciples. Because on that Friday, they had totally abandoned Jesus. And yet Jesus says to them, go and tell my brothers. And can I just say this as a messenger? Like, Jesus says, go and tell my brothers. And you are that this morning. And maybe the call for you is to remember this amazing news that Jesus has paid the price and that he's risen again. And all it takes is just to simply trust, place your trust in him by faith, turning to him, know that you're, you're cleansed, that you're forgiven, and you're accepted not because of what you've done. And you're not disqualified by that. So you're not good enough that God didn't need to save you, but you're not bad enough that he was unwilling to save you. And he accepts you by faith as though the relationship between you and him was never interrupted. Is that good news? That's good news. But maybe this morning you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've never experienced this new life, you never thought it was possible. You ask the question, like, how can this simply be mine? Like, do I need to, like, work a little harder for it? Do I need to, like, improve my life? Do I need to jump through some hoops? Do, like, 10 steps? Or, like, what's going on? No, no, no. The answer is simply this. The Bible says it so clearly. I don't want you to miss this this morning. The Bible says in Romans that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't say like, go out and do like a million things. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not might be, not I, I hope, no, will be saved. Let me ask you, do you wanna know that you're forgiven? Do you wanna know that you have a new life? Do you wanna know that you will be in relationship with God forever. I'm calling you right now to place your trust in Jesus. To trust in Jesus right here and right now saying, Jesus, accept me. Not on the basis of what I've done, no, no, no. But on the basis of what you've done for me. You see, the, the resurrection changes everything. Our past, our present, and our future. We can be forgiven of sin. We can be brought to God and be given a hope that not even death can destroy. 
And so today, understanding the truth of Easter, it calls for either a yes or no response. You see, every, every, any encounter with God requires a response. Let me ask you, what will it be today? It's either yes or no. What will it be today? Today he speaks your name, he sees you. You might not have seen him this morning, but he sees you and he says your name and he invites you to experience the forgiveness of sin. To know what it's like to have your sins washed away clean, taken from you as far as the east is from the west and not just stop there, but he is inviting you right now presently to be in relationship with him. How amazing is that? And he wants to give you a mission that not only does he want to save you, he wants to save every single person around you. Today, what will it be? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you for your love and your grace in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross, paying for my sin and my death. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here this morning that has either wandered away from you, maybe they were walking with you for a time, but they've wandered away. But Lord, I just pray that right now you would just draw them back by your grace. The assurance of your grace. And if you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus and you want to know what it's like to experience your, your sins being forgiven and your shame being off your shoulders, I would just invite you right now just to simply raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. If that's you, today requires just a, a decision, a response. It's either yes or no. And if that's you and you're like, I wanna say yes to Jesus, yes to his love, yes to his grace, I just invite you right now just to raise your hand and raise it high knowing that he loves you and that he's for you. He's done everything for you. You don't have to do anything. Just accept him by faith. Give you one last opportunity, if that's you this morning, just to simply raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've ran away and maybe you've been gone out of the fold and maybe you're, you were wondering coming to church today, you're like, I've been to, to Easter church many times every year. <laughs> Would God ever receive me? Does God really want a relationship with me? Listen, if you've, you've been around, but you haven't been around, if that's you, if you wanna come back to Jesus, just encourage you to raise your hand and say, yes, I, I'm coming back today. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to, I'm gonna surrender my life to the lover of my soul. know that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins and the newness of life that you bring. And we thank you, God, just for the power of the resurrection, that we are no longer dead in our transgressions and sins, but you have made us alive with you. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.